0: Was happening world. It's typically your co-host today. I'm taking the lead Kira and was was happening. So this week we're going to do kind of like not like a mega episode, but we're going to do a bigger episode because we are talking about Ryan Johnson's Knives Out and then second film in the universe, Glass Onion. So these films came out about three to four years apart. And this is only important because Glass Onion incorporates the pandemic. It was written during that time. So it incorporates it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I liked them a lot. I liked the the casting. It was like an all-star cast. Jamie Lee Curtis is in the first one, so big Jamie Lee fan. And then a few other stars were in it, so I, I thought it was good.
0: Yeah, so what we'll do, because this week's going to be a little different, so what we'll do is we'll start talking about... We'll talk about the first one first, Knives Out. We'll talk about the second one, Glass Onion, a Knives Out movie. And then I think we can compare and contrast because I think there's a lot that makes each of these movies great, but they are a little... Different. Well, actually very different. So starting with Knives Out, now this is what I would call Ryan Johnson's biggest mystery. He, To me, I started out with him as a mystery. Brick is one of my favorite movies. But are you more familiar with him when he was like directing the Star Wars movie that people hate?
1: Uh, yeah. Actually, that's how I know him from the Star Wars movie that I personally hate as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a Star Wars fan, I thought they were really bad. This is my first, besides those movies, interaction with him as a as a director. Yeah. So, I thought it was really well done, like the casting. I was at Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. I thought that was great.
0: I think yes. I and I think his casting, Daniel Craig is awesome because I find that Daniel Craig is in the same genre of actors with like Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe where they got really big off of a franchise and now they just do whatever roles they want because they can do it. And I think his accent, incredible. The way he speaks, hilarious. And I would say, personally, in the second one, his style, amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I would just like to say, like, for me, it reminded me a lot of, like, when I was growing up, I used to watch, like, a, a lot of the Agatha Christie's. Right. And they had, like, the, the reoccurring detective, you know, what was his name? Hercules. Hercules Perot. Miss Marple. Yep, Miss Marple. <laughs> so, so for me, it was, like, great, because it seemed like it was going back to that kind of genre where you're going to have the same detective, you know, and, like, I grew up watching, like, Colombo and Beretta. <laughs> so, you know, uh, sorry about the Beretta thing, but I didn't know he was gonna be a psycho. So <laughs> but uh yeah, so those are the things I watched and this was like really kind of like
0: I know and I agree and I think it's such a fun a fun way- thing to get back to because we see that Kenneth Brana is redoing like the Agatha Christie ones with Hercule Perot. So I think to have a fresh take, definitely with some like um twenty twenty two vision, I think is really exciting and it's really fun. It's making these movies super accessible. And everyone likes a good mystery. I mean, every show on TV is like a cop procedural or like a TV like mystery. It, it excites people. So and I think Ryan Johnson is very good at layering a story, hiding clues, creating twists and turns. And I think he really understands people in the way that they work. Yeah.
1: The interactions between the characters was great. Um, I like the whole concept of it. You know, like, was it a murder? Wasn't it a murder? You know, it was kind of good.
0: I know. And I thought it was so good that she. So speaking in the first one, of course, you've listened to our show before. Spoilers. Spoilers. So it follows Christopher Plummer's character and his nurse, Marta, and his confidant. And he has a very wealthy family. He's built a legacy writing murder mysteries, which I love movies that are like a little metal. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of fun. And then so he has his children and then their children. And they are all... Leeches. Perfect word for it. That is a perfect (laughs) word They leech off his (laughs) wealth. Absolutely. And so Marta, soft-spoken, quiet nurse, they're close friends, confidants, and on his birthday, she thinks that she misdoses him. Yes.
1: And technically, well, you've got to learn that, technically, it would have been a misdose.
0: I love... Okay, so we're going to get into this later, but I love that one part when he's like, you're such a good nurse. You knew. And she was like... But so Christopher Plummer then kills himself to protect Marta because yes. her mom is in the country illegally. And so she cannot go to prison. Yes. It would put her family in danger. Christopher Plummer understands this. He protects her. So now the whole family like they get the autopsy. They're like, well, who murdered? him?" Well, they don't know that. They don't know the autopsy results yet. That is a later part. But they all think that someone murdered him and everyone's pointing the finger. Everyone wants to know about the will. Yes.
1: That's what they're more concerned about. They don't really care that he got murdered. They <laughs> care, but they're more concerned about the will because he basically finances each and every one of them in a certain way. It, he gives them money.
0: So yeah, so you have Jamie Lee Curtis, who is, I would say, his protege yeah. In such. she wa- She follows him. Keeps the company running, has a cheating husband. You know, powerful woman has to have a cheating husband. Yes, that's stereotypical. Stereotypical. You have Michael Shannon as the forlorn son. He kind of is also a publisher, but not as good. Kind of makes some bad, risky moves. And then we have Toni Collette, yep. the influence. Well, not the influencer, but she's like in the chakras. And, oh, I read a tweet about you, yeah. like. Very like airy. And then we have their children. So we have Ransom, the most famous the son of Jamie Lee Curtis, who is just I feel like a philanderer. I don't think he has a job. I think he just lives off of the money.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. He basically lives off the wealth. Like, yeah. He goes to the grandfather and gets whatever he wants and like gets spoiled, pampered, rotten.
0: Yeah, and everyone loves him. And then when you have um The Gen the Gen Zers, as I would call them, the alt right son, and then the liberal, as they call her, social justice warrior. Yeah. But I think all the dynamics within the family were super funny, super fun, and I think it actually is very poignant because I think that these are all archetypes of people that we see today. Yeah,
1: yeah. It shows like a lot of families are like this. They're they're dysfunctional. They're like it's just the way things are in life. I mean, no, everybody gets along. Not every Sibling gets along. Every family member gets along. I mean, you're always going to have that, like between family. I mean, you know, some people like to see you're doing good. Other family members get jealous of you. So this was like all incorporated in this
0: exactly. And I think it's so interesting when you add an exuberant amount of money to it because people always go for the money. Yep. Show me the money. Show me the (laughs) money. Literally. But like, so everyone's like hunting it down. And now Marta knows the truth, or she thinks she does. she's going to be like, I will not get framed for this. The family's coming for her. But the twist is, he has changed the will. And now, Marta has everything. Yes. Yes. And the family has nothing. Yes. To their surprise. And they're like, what did you do? So, she's like, well, I deserve all this. But, I mean, (laughs) she does. So, enter Benoit Blanc and his two detectives, Lakeith Stanfield and the man who is also in Glass Onion. Did you know that? No, I did not. So you know the little like hippie guy that's like walking around at the ending, no, like he, throughout the film on the island. Yeah, he's
1: the stoner.
0: Yeah. yeah. So he's the white cop oh. in the duo. Oh, that's awesome! Isn't that funny? So Ryan Johnson, this is a sidebar. Ryan Johnson has a uh, tendency, and I think this is a sign of a good director, of working with people again and again. So earlier I mentioned Brick, one of his first movies, and that starred Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Now Joseph Gordon-Levitt has starred in almost all his movies since i don't think he was in brothers bloom but like he was in looper he was a voice on the tv show that marta's sister was watching in knives out he is the voice of the gong in glass onion and he's also in the new peacock show that ryan johnson is doing with natasha leone who is also in glass Onion. so i just think it's so funny that people love ryan johnson they have like all this respect for him that they will work with him again and again you know tarantino just like Tarantino, just like I mean, I feel like just like Scorsese. I mean, like I feel like these actors and these directors find what works and what clicks with them, and then they just make. I mean, you could even say like Greta Gerwig and like Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan. Like there are so many people, and I think it's so exciting. And I love that Ryan Johnson is paired with Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he's one of my favorite actors. So
1: where was I going with this? You were talking about like them them working together and like the different shows that
0: this oh my god yeah i'm so sorry guys I'm going on a rant because i'm excited about this one this one i have a lot to say she's the lead <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so he works a lot with the same people they even after knives out came out they were talking about doing a spinoff show about the two detectives lakeith stanfield and i forget the name his name's like taylor or something i'm so sorry my man i do forget your name but really exciting so the two detectives are here and I love the interviewing scene where we see Daniel Craig and he's just sitting in the background clicking the piano it's so exciting it's tense and everyone you can just see them being their like strong selves and then slowly kind of breaking down and like questioning so I think it's cool I, I think you can see like how Jamie Lee is like so strong and sure of herself and like dominant versus like Tony Collette who like kind of like works off of like her airiness and lightness and i think it's really interesting you have like don johnson who's like obviously hiding something we don't know that it's an affair at the time but easy to assume it's Don johnson it's don (laughs) it's don johnson and his son is chris evans like in this film like it just makes sense yeah it does like perfectly cast (laughs) perfectly cast so a lot of twists and turns really great layering i don't want to give away everything because this If you haven't seen these films, they are so well-crafted. They are really well-thought-out. They are interesting and intricate, and you can watch them one, two, three times again and catch something different every time, I believe. Yeah,
1: 100%. Like There's so much happening all at once. I mean, different parts. Like when they, they plot how to get out of the building so she doesn't look like she's the killer, going down the, what would that be called?
0: Oh, yeah, climbing down like the... It's not a fire escape. It's the, like a trellis. A trellis,
1: yes. Well, was, they plant her coming down the trellis. And then, like, the grandmother is sitting in the window and she mentions the, the, the grandson.
0: Yeah, she, meant, she says,
1: Ransom? Yeah, she's like coming back yeah? again. And uh, so it can, like, there's little hints and in, in, innuendos of what actually happened in this, but you have to catch it. And, it, like, it all falls back into play. And that's what I like about a good mystery because it all comes back full circle. And then
0: you figure it out. You're like, yeah, I get it now. And I think this one, there's so many good callbacks. One of my favorite ones that happens is the final one. So Marta, the main character, she cannot lie without throwing up. A hilarious, a hilarious trait, I find. Yes. But at the end, she does lie so they yes. can trap the killer. And then as he kind <laughs> of comes to kill her, she throws up. It is hilarious. Yes. yes,
1: it was fun. Like, it's just such a, I just, I liked it. I enjoyed watching it because it was like, sitting there and you, you know how like sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, all right, let's go on with this. Let's move on. It wasn't a part of that movie like that. I was very intrigued. I wanted to know what's happening. The cast and characters maybe want to know more. Their, their plots against Marta were great. Like when they were trying to like make her give the money up and like they were trying to blackmail her. And like once they, she gets the money, everybody turns on her. Like the whole family who swore that they loved her and she was the best thing ever. Once they realize they're not getting the money, they totally turn on her.
0: Exactly. And I thought that they were so like pandering. And I think and I think this really goes to show like what people with money think of people who are working class. Like you see it at the dinner party scene when Don Johnson's making all these like crazy, like racist things to Marta and he changes where she's from every time. Kind of saying that any South American country is interchangeable, which is absolutely not true. And so then you see that and then being like, well, we'll take care of you because you took care of, like, our dad. And then to see that switch, like, fully happen from, like, oh, here, it's okay, it's going to be okay to, like, oh, what do you mean you have everything? Give it to us. You don't, you're not deserving of yes. it. You're yes. deserving of what we deem you deserving of. Yes. And I think that's,
1: like, society today. When someone from a lower class or middle class ends up becoming rich and stuff, like, people don't tend to acknowledge it. They like they look at him like nope. You're stepping above you. It's like Sydney Poitier with uh, exactly. You're with, punching you're, above your weight class. Yeah, you're punching above, above your weight class. Yep.
0: But at the same time, I think this story is so interesting because it ties to Glass Onion, and we will get into Glass Onion in a bit. But one point, since we were talking about now, is that it shows that there are women of color in a situation where they are rising through the ranks, whatever, whatever way possible, what to help themselves and you see the white greed push come back. At, push back at them and it's, it's much more apparent in the second one and we will get to that but in this one I think it's also apparent and you can see it in one of my favorite scenes which is the final scene when Marta is drinking the gla- cup and it says my house and she's staring at the balcony off the balcony and she's looking down below at all of them like I actually did win and you have nothing yeah and I loved it yeah, just the way like, the,
1: vi- the visual aspect of that, you know, here is a, a woman of color that struggled and like basically they all tried to plot against and and sh- saying that she was trying to rise above her stature. There she is above them all on the balcony looking down at them now. Yeah, I thought that was
0: like very uh, poetic. It was. And I think and this is what Ryan Johnson does. He is such a good director. His shots. Everything is so well thought out. OK, so I obviously am not a Star Wars fan. You know this. I've not seen them. Cannot speak to the Star Wars films. I can speak to every other film he's done. <laughs> I mean, are they re- okay? We're not gonna get into this, but are they really that bad?
1: Okay, so the thing about that is, there, as a Star Wars fan, you have a certain expectation of what the storyline is gonna be and where it's gonna go, and it's just I don't think he was cast as the right director for it because there's a lot of stuff in the Star Wars franchise that it was just very. It wasn't well done. It was like he repeated the stories from the first three movies and just made them these three movies, if that makes any sense.
0: Oh, that kind of makes sense. I like get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So
1: he didn't really change. He changed the characters. He changed the locations. But it seemed like they were mirror- mirroring their first three movies to a T. Like everything right. was like the same.
0: I thought he just did one. He did all three.
1: Yeah. But no, he just did one. But I'm saying like for the three. Oh, the I movies, see what you're saying. So each one of them was like a mirror image of the first three movies. And it was just like not well done. Oh, well,
0: if it's not well done, it's not well done. Yeah. But these movies are well done. Yes. Brick, well done. He also did The Brothers Bloom, well done. Looper, well done. Okay, I will stop. Didn't oh. see any of them. Oh, oh my well God. Done. They're all well done. Here's the thing <laughs> Ryan Johnson, I think, thrives when he does a mystery. And this is why this is so good because he's thriving in his element, which is a mystery, which has visual cues, verbal cues, everything. And like shot clues. I don't know what that's called. I'm sorry guys. So, back to the story. So, did you know that this movie was filmed in Mass? By the way. No, I did not. So, Knives Out is filmed in Mass, which is very cool. The car chase scene after the the DNA place blows up what is yes. That called? yes uh that's a Maynard. Already oh, uh, know that. Maynard yeah. Mass. No. Maynard Mass, yeah. So, filmed in Mass. So, I guess we should have led with that because it's kind of a cool fact. Right? Um, Cuz
1: we're we're airing from the Hampshire, well, well Mass. mass like New Mass New area. New England.
0: England. (laughs) (laughs) So very cool. So now we have Chris Evans who's like, hey, Marta, I believe you. Let's pair up and let's work together. And she's like, should I trust you? You're kind of you're slippery. Should I trust you? And then she does for a little bit. And because I guess we always have to trust a hot guy in a sweater. I don't know. Chris Evans is he has that face that you trust. I don't know. Yep, so does Elmo, but, uh, so but that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> like... But so she's trusting him, and they're figuring out all in the same time that the housekeeper got a hold of the autopsy report. Now, the autopsy report is what is important here. So should we just spoil the ending? We spoil everything else. I know. <laughs> so the mystery is Ransom is the killer. If you saw the movie, dun, you knew. Dun, dun. And what he did was he was going to switch. He switched the labels of the medicine. So Marta would kill. kill the grandfather and give him an overdose. And then since she was named in the will for everything, she would lose it all. The money would go back to the family. Now, how does Ransom know all this if the family didn't find out till after the murder? Well, he went begging for money like he does. And his grandfather was like, guess what? no, 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 you get nothing. Marta's better at, I'm better at playing go than you. She's going to win everything. She's smarter, da, da, da. She's getting everything. And so then Ransom was like, well, not today. And so then he killed him. But actually he didn't. Christopher Plummer killed himself because Marta is such a good nurse that she, when she dropped the vials, she remixed them up. So she actually gave the right dosages. Right. It
1: was in the wrong bottle. But she gave the right dosage. so He killed himself for nothing. Yeah, he killed himself for nothing. Which is sad because he was a nice guy. He seemed yeah. like a decent person that would take care of Marta. Then
0: she had to go through all this garbage for really nothing. For really nothing. But she did end up with the money and Ransom ended up in jail. So let's get to our main... I've been calling Marta our main character. She's our main protagonist of this family story. But our main character is Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc. Now, he is a hilarious... Detective who observes and sees everything and speaks in a way that is unrecognizable to me. What is the accent? We don't know. (laughs) But he is so funny. And the way he deduces and comes up with things and the way that he forms bonds with his female protagonists, I think is really incredible. This is how we'll bridge the gap into Glass Onion. So we see him always believing Marta. And well, I mean, she throws up if she lies. And we see him protecting her and helping her and reassuring her throughout the whole thing. Like, I think they form like a genuine bond together. Yeah. And then you see that same bond happen in Glass Onion with Janelle Monet's character. And I think it's super. I love that that's the dynamic because that means if this series continues, we're always going to have a strong female lead right. in the forefront, which I think is fun and important.
1: Right. And a smart, fatherly figure, kind of like Yoda and Luke Skywalker.
0: Kind of, but I think Benoit Blanc is a little cooler than Yoda. Oh, oh, sacrilege. I'm not a Star Wars fan. Okay, so now Glass Onion is written during the pandemic. Yes. Now, we have covered only one other pandemic movie, The Bubble. The Bubble. And I would say this one is leagues better. Yes, yes. The Bubble is good in its
1: own way, but this blows this away. I mean- yeah,
0: this movie blows away. I think the way that it act I felt I felt like it very accurately depicted what the pandemic felt like. And I felt like I could see every character I've seen in real life. Yeah. And I think one we'll talk about one of my favorite scenes, but it's a very interesting movie again, all-star cast. I think what Ryan Johnson does so well is with an all-star cast, he allows each character sh- to shine in their own way but also have enough chemistry and play off the other characters well, where the ensemble, like the large ensemble makes sense. I think sometimes in ensemble casts you get people who want to overshadow or overact, and it gets kind of fuzz, like jumbled, and it doesn't seem like it meshes as well. But I don't think that's true for his films. I think he directs very well. Now, I will say, where everyone had their time to shine in Knives Out, I think, especially with the characters of Katherine Hahn and Leslie Odom Jr., they were kind of shafted. I thought that they are incredible actors and they should have had a little bit more time. The movie could have been a little bit longer. Just to expand, I don't want to take away from anyone else because it was all important, but to kind of sideline these two great actors, I thought was a little bit of a disservice to the movie. Yeah, yeah. They should have been useful. I agree. Because they were both so interesting. So Glass Onion happens during the pandemic. Everyone's sad, but... Edward Norton, our billionaire or tech billionaire who is a hilarious caricature of every tech billionaire I've ever seen, has sent out these puzzle boxes to his closest friends to gather them to an island to get away from the pandemic. So it's interesting because during the pandemic, we saw rich people do this all the time. Like, oh, we're going to quarantine together and then we're going to go travel abroad to this private island that I have, like just to get away from all the craziness. Well, like working class people are like dying and trying to just like survive. So I think I think it's so funny that they incorporated this and it is a vacation mystery and we don't have a lot of vacation mysteries, maybe like death on the Nile or murder on the Orient Express. I have to be missing another one. But most mysteries are homegrown. They're not really in a vacation destination. I almost said tropical, but they're not all tropical in like a vacation destination. So I think that that was also part of this. But I also thought that that was funny because it's so topical. Yes. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. So we'll introduce our cast of characters. We have Ben Wobblingfue. We haven't met him yet. Oh, actually, his meeting is so funny. When he's in the bathtub playing Among Us yeah. on Zoom, I thought that was hilarious because I felt like that's what so many people were doing because they couldn't see each other. They were just like Zooming. Like I know we, me and my cousins and my sisters, we did like Zoom trivias. And, like, Zoom, like, cocktail hours just to, like, hang out. And I know a lot of people did. So I thought to incorporate this was, like, it made it feel so much more real. Yeah. Don't remind me of,
1: I know what you did last summer when they go to the island and they're all trapped on the island with the killer. Oh, and yeah. The, and, like, they're running around trying to figure out who the killer is. It's kind of reminded me a little bit like
0: that. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Because it's, like, so I love an enclosed destination. Yes. And that's yes. what this is. Yes. I wanted them to get picked off a little bit more. Yeah. But I know that that's not the mystery because it's like who does it at the end. And I do find that We'll talk about that when we get there. There's a lot to unpack in this film just because it is so relevant, I think, in so many different ways. So we have and then we have the people that Miles Edward Norton is support like is his friends, right? So we have Katherine Hahn the senator. Yeah. We have Dave Bautista, the alt-right men's YouTube activist yes. who's like selling poison. His girlfriend, who's also, like, an influencer. We have Leslie Odom Jr., the scientist. We have Kate Hudson, who is the ex-model, celebrity, flitty, airy, doesn't know, right? Like, her her character especially is, like, one of my favorites to talk about because it is so funny how how she is such a caricature of everything that, like, you see with, like, these dumb... Not, I don't mean to say dumb. I don't want to sound disparaging. But like with these influencers and these like celebrities who are just surrounded by yes men and protection that they don't know what's right from wrong. And then, of course, we have Janelle Monae's character who incredible acting, I I would have to say.
1: Oh, my God. You know, what? remind
0: me of. The bubble, the influencer from the bubble. Yes, absolutely. Because, but in that one, she's younger. Yes. So it makes a little bit more sense, but it's the same thing. It's like, nothing can really touch me and I'm just, I can do what I want and then people will be upset for a little bit and then I can apologize and just go back to making money and doing what I want. And I no one will really tell me what's right from wrong. And I think her assistant, Kate Hudson's in Glass Onion is such an enabler. So what I like in Glass Onion, similar to Knives Out, is that everybody is getting something from someone there's no i don't think there's a genuine connection everyone has like an alternative motive or they're doing this to get to this and they're doing this for their own survival or their own greed yeah they're dependent
1: on the person just like the the last knives out depending on one individual person and this person is like the, the tech millionaire who is not a guy, not a nice guy?
0: No. So we have Edward Norton's Ed, ever eccentric, not Miles Braun, who is hilarious when he just like makes up words and is just like, you're the fakest guy. And he like, oh, he's so funny. So he sends out all these puzzle boxes because he's crazy and eccentric and loves mysteries and puzzles. So we see everyone in a very fun montage scene, the, our cast of characters figuring out and it pops open to an invitation to go away with him to the island, and then we see Janelle Monae's character just smash the box open, yeah. which I think is hysterical yeah. because it's this—it's like beautiful, right? And she's just like, "Nope," and smash. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: Dave Bautista's mother telling him what to do. Oh my god, that was funny because she's that. just like sitting in the background, like push that,
0: push that. that. It's a Fibonacci sequence. I ma. Not- his character so i think so if we want to like delve into each character his being this like muscle-headed alt-right like men's activist like influencer to like push these like pills on like team boys but like this i'm the alpha man male like i'm this i'm that be this and then like lives with his mom and then we see him like time and time again get like emasculated by his mom i think that is just so like I feel like it's so true. Relatable. I don't know if it's like true or like relatable. It is. It's just a very funny stereotype of the character that I think is a stereotype because it's true. I don't know. I mean, I would feel like most alt right men or men's activists do live with their mom and they're dependent on women. That's why they feel like they'll never get like a woman. Till I don't know. I don't know. I can't dive into the psychology of it. If he played video
1: games on YouTube, I could totally date it today.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But, like, I would even date it today, like, not saying he is as bad as, like, someone like Andrew Tate, but, like, I would say it's, like, he's pushing that same kind of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Andrew Tate is a monster, so thank God he's in prison, but I feel like there was a lot of parallels there, and then his, like, so, and then he has his girlfriend, And she is so funny because I love that everyone kind of views her as this very like, I mean, she is kind of dumb, but like dumb, vapid, pretty, just like hot girl, doesn't really care about anything. But then you see that she wants to like use her platform to jump off and become like a news anchor and she wants to do like all this stuff. And you're like, what? Yeah. She was actually educated. Yeah. Oh, you're thinking this through? Who would have thought? So, okay. So everyone gets to the doc, right? Yes. And now this is one of my favorite scenes because I think it really shows each character and how they view the pandemic and how they view their status within the pandemic. And I think that this is like really true to what we saw like while we lived it. So we have Benoit Blanc, tight mask, fitting, cotton, matching his outfit because he's an icon. Yeah. You have Dave Bautista and his girlfriend, no masks. They don't care. They don't believe in it, right? You have Leslie Om Jr., Fitted tight mask. He's a scientist. Makes sense. He's going to be protected. You have Birdie, Kate Hudson, who is in a mesh mask, which reminded me of those who know of the Lana Del Rey mask, which was just literally the same thing, just not even covering, just there for fashion. And then you have Katherine Hans, who is constantly falling down. And she could fix it. She could tighten it, but she doesn't. Because I feel like it's her way, as we get into the story later, of how she just kind of looks at the problem and just kinds of tries to cover it up and not really fix it and we can see that what happens later when her and Leslie Odom Jr. are talking in the pool so I thought that was really I thought that was one way a really great way to introduce everyone's character and how they view the world around them and how they view like health and safety right because I think now that we're in this pandemic era that's what we're doing we're, how do we view health and safety right and I thought that was so funny and so interesting and then I think it was important that, so we see Janelle Monet's character in a flashback, so not yet, but in a flashback, we see her wearing a mask, but when she arrives, she doesn't wear a mask, and I think that was for shock value. I don't think hers was in relation to safety. I think right. hers was in relation to shock value Yeah. for her showing up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, because like, no one wanted her there, because there's a reason like no one
0: wanted her there. So there was a big blowout, right? So they were all, so we find this out as we get to the island, and Miles, my favorite thing is when he calls Daniel Craig up and he's like, oh, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. And He's like, oh, well, I got a box. And he's like, someone put together my box. So he's like thinking it's a mystery within a mystery. We haven't gotten to the twist yet. But what I love and Daniel Craig's character says this time and time again is like, it's so stupid. And I think that's why this one's called Glass Onion, because everything is right there. Right. And it's all so dumb. But at the same time, it works so well. Yes.
1: Yeah. And also... Like, you know, you get the layers of an onion, and this person lives in a glass house. Yeah. You know, and they say people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, and there's onions, like layers of this onion that like start getting peeled away. So you find out exactly what is going on. So it made sense why they called it
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it is named after that Beatles song. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's so true. Cause, like, even at the end, the idea of a glass onion is there's so many layers, but they're all transparent. And the key evidence was hiding in plain sight like mm. it was very funny it was yes as daniel craig says so dumb it's funny It <laughs> was a good movie it was a good movie so there's a mystery within a mystery so miles Braun's whole thing is that he's having this murder mystery of himself for being his killed. friends to give way he gets killed yeah being killed yeah and so everyone's invited except for janelle monet's character well right. we find that out later and daniel Craig, he's yeah. not invited but yeah. he's staying they're all having fun <laughs> so through this everyone's they're like oh we get to relax we get to have fun and we find out snippets about each person and how they're manipulating everyone else and manipulating miles to keep getting his money miles talks about this so what happens is edward norton and janelle monae's character found this company they find this product and it all started at the glass onion restaurant yes. which is also where the movie gets its name and through this like they found that they find this product and janelle Monet's like this is getting too dangerous so miles cuts her out of the company frames her as crazy takes everything she's left with nothing all his friends in court did not testify or stand by her they stood by him because he's the money right, right. was it th- synthetic energy right? yeah synthetic energy and so she has nothing so that's why everyone's shocked to see her because they're like wow we haven't seen you in so many years because we basically screwed you over yeah
1: yeah they were all friends and When he sued her, they all all turned with him.
0: And they all lied in court. Yeah, and they all lied against her in court. So, first of all, bad people. But also, this is what money does to people. The napkin. The napkin. So, it's all about this one napkin. And I think it's so funny. So, they do a clip of, like, Miles, right? And when he's holding the napkin, just like Elizabeth Holmes is holding the pill, I thought it was so funny to show that it's, like, he is, like, a fraud. Like, I think that just, like, further cemented, like, as a pop culture reference, like, his fraudness but he is a successful white man we see this time and time again so super fun so well or not fun so that's why it's kind of crazy that janelle monet's character is here and so he has this big speech to her about disruptors that's what he calls himself they're like we're the disruptors here. And that's what how you make money is you disrupt societal norms and social cues. And it's like, yeah, but you profit, you stolen profit off of a woman of color, which is like, who are the true disruptors of our like society? If you look at it in like our world, not yeah. in the world of the film, but both because they correlate. So and then she's like, you're full, bull- you're full of shit. Like, this is nothing. Everyone's full of shit. And then they have the dinner party where he gets killed. Yeah. Fate killed. Yes. And Benoit block solves it in two, two seconds. Yes. He's like. It was so dumb. I get it. And Miles is like, oh, God, what are we going to do now? But they decide to have a party. And during this party, Dave Bautista's character dies. Yes, he's allergic to pineapple. He's allergic to pineapple, and he dies. And everyone's like, who was that supposed to be for? Yeah, they think it's poison.
1: They don't know about the pineapple. So I I kind of ruined that a little bit. But they think he was poison.
0: And then they notice that he's drinking out of Miles' glass. So they're like, Someone was trying to kill Miles for his money. Right. But instead, they end up killing Duke, who is Deputy staff. So then, chaos ensues, as it would. Oh, another thing that's very important is the Mona Lisa. How can we skip over this? Yes. So, Miles owns the Mona Lisa, yes. which is hilarious and, like, kind of makes sense to me. Like, I don't know. It just... To me, it was so funny, like, because the Mona Lisa is, like, someone who, like, doesn't exist, but is, like, always watching. And, like, right. I thought it was, and but it's, like, the pinnacle of wealth in this. And I thought that was very funny. The cut scenes with the, with the eye, when they're zooming in on her and the glass plate is going up and down, like, the security, I thought that was tense. I loved it, though. I thought yeah. it was really cool. So, in this, like, room of trophies is, like... What we'll call it. He has like the Mona Lisa. He has like all these glass figurines and they're partying in there, which is crazy. Like, why would you party in there? Yes. And then chaos ensues. The lights go out, chaos ensues. We think Janelle Monet gets shot. Yes. There's a gunshot. We think it's Janelle Monet. So, who, first of all, will kill Miles and then who will kill Janelle Monet? We're all confused. And then we get the flashback. Yes. Which is the twist. Yep. Also a hilarious cameo. Hugh Grant being Daniel Craig's husband. Yeah. I love it. I hope he gets a bigger part in the third one because I think Hugh Grant is hilarious. And we see that it is not actually Janelle Monáe. It is her twin. She has a twin. Dun, dun, dun. Plot dun, twist. Dun, dun. And from this, her twin impersonates her because she knows that her sister was killed. Yes. Murdered over the napkin. Murdered over the napkin. And she thinks it's one of these people who did it. Yes. And they each they were each there at her house when she died, yeah. or or around that time.
1: At certain points, exactly. Like each person made a cameo appearance at her house before she was murdered. Exactly. Because she she goes on the internet, and sends them a thing saying, "I have the uh, see the napkin shows that she's the one that created the formula, the formula, and she lost the napkin. She couldn't find it, and that's when when she got sued, she lost because she couldn't prove it. And he said he had the napkin. He made a forgery. So she actually finds the napkin when she's tearing apart her house because she's mad at this guy. And then the napkin falls out and she's like, oh, I got it. So she sends an email to all those people except for the guy and says, I have it. I'm going to bring you down. And then they tell him. And then this is when she gets murdered.
0: And then she gets murdered. So now the mystery is is she double murdered? Well, no, not is she double. So we see her impersonating. We see her going through the steps and you're like, oh, this is all starting to make sense. The only person who everyone seems surprised by her entrance, but only one person knows that she's dead and right. this isn't her. So we see everyone's trying to get something for Miles, Edward Norton. We see Dave Bautista the most trying to get a network show. Right. Trying to become an anchor on a show. And he's like, yeah, I don't think you can do it. And then he shows him. He's like, look at these numbers. I can showing a news article. We don't know this at the time. Yes. But showing a news article saying that Cassandra, Janelle Monet's character, is dead. Yes. So kind of like what? And then he dies. Duke dies. So now we have a dead Janelle Monet. And then what? <gasps> she is not. Because of Jeremy Renner's hot sauce. Yep. <laughs> that is the blood. Which I thought was so funny. Because, of course, it, to me, I feel like Jeremy Renner would have a hot sauce that only celebrities eat. Like, it just makes sense to me. I don't know. I felt like there were a lot of things I was like, oh, this I could see this happening like in real life. So we find out that she's actually not dead. And that the killer is Miles all along.
1: You know, it was confusing to me, too, when the first part when she gets shot and the detective comes and he's looking at how emotional he got. And I couldn't I couldn't figure it out why he was so emotional that this one person was killed. And then you find out. After.
0: Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, what could have happened? And then she's not dead. Yes. And then you see her being like, Miles, I'm going to turn on you. I have the evidence. It's right here. Whoever killed Cassandra has the evidence. And he did. And then he lights it up. He burned it. He burned it. Burned it quick, too. So then she does something actively disrupting. She breaks everything and gets everyone in on breaking it. Because, again, everyone's going to side with Miles, Right. And they did. And they did initially. Initially. Which shows that people will always follow the money. Right. And then at the end, they switch. Yeah. Because, so the trick is, so the whole reason this is all happening, because the whole reason that he's blackmailing Cassandra out of the company is because the formula they created, he wants to put it in homes. When you put it in homes, it becomes dangerous, It becomes hydrogen gas. Hydrogen gas will obviously kill you. Yes. (laughs) If no one knew. Don't do it. (laughs) Hydrogen (laughs) gas will kill you. So that's why they have this huge fight. This is why he puts Catherine Hahn in a bad position because she's passing a bill to get this into homes. This is why he puts Leslie Odom Jr. in a bad position because he's having him push through the research and the testing Birdie's just like a fall person for him. Yeah. yeah. It's like every corporate
1: thing yeah. think about. They, they don't care about the, the problems. They care about the money. Exactly. So, you know, they push stuff through and push stuff through because they want the money. They don't care if it kills you. They don't care if it causes any kind of cancer. They don't care as long as they make the money. Exactly.
0: So, through this, his home is all powered Yeah. on this hydrogen gas. So, then she lights it up.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Amazing. It's incredible. And then through that, they all turn on him. Which I thought was really powerful because it shows that like, obviously this is like a metaphor for like greed and wealth, right? But it also shows that if we team up together and turn against the white patriarchy, capitalistic society that we live in, we too can overthrow it and make a better life for everyone. Just a thought, everybody. But I thought that was really interesting. I love how in both of these movies, the women are victorious in their missions and with the help of Benoit Blanc, who does nothing but support them and believe them no matter what. And then you have the money and the wealth get taken down, which yeah. I think is exciting.
1: And I like the there was a very poetic part where she opens up the casing to the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. and the Mona Lisa burns. Because if she had not done that, it wouldn't have burned. It wouldn't it have burned. And just like had she not done this, he would have got away with it. Exactly. So it's very... And like I don't know if you know the history of the Mona Lisa, but it has like a, Mona Lisa has a lot of layers. Like yes. there's a lot of layers behind it because no one knows who the Mona Lisa is. There's rumors that it's actually the artist that did a self-portrait. There's rumors that it was a, a neighbor's girl. So there's layers behind who it Mona is. Lisa, yeah. You know?
0: And I love that it burned because it also shows that like everything is bullshit and it actually means nothing. Yeah, it's just it's just nothing. It's just nothing. And I love seeing Benoit Blanc back in action. I think it's fun to see him in this universe where he says it he's like I was so bored in the pandemic and then this mystery bored me because it was so stupid and then the second one like he's like I gave you the idea I I told you what to do and then you did it like you're so dumb you're unoriginal and I thought that was really fun (laughs) yeah 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 it was funny like just the, the 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 way he like
1: uncovers everything like he's just so quick with it he's like all right well you did this 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 and this and you're stupid (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. He's like he's like this is so stupid and dumb. And so like in your face like I cannot believe that this is what's happening so really great films there is going to be a third one they have already confirmed it if you're a fan of ryan johnson and his mysteries his new show on peacock starring natasha leone and joseph gordon levitt is airing this month we're not paid advertising i just no, i'm a no, huge fan Nope. No, no, <laughs> i no. would say if you want to watch two of my favorite Ryan johnson movies please check out brick and the brothers bloom I think they're from the earlier, they're from early 2000s. I mean, Brick is one of my favorite movies of all time. I will say it's one of, it is an incredible film. I recommend it to everybody who likes a good mystery. It is fun. It is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It is awesome. It is Ryan Johnson starting out. So you can see where he's coming from in all these other movies. And to watch him progress as a director is so exciting for me because I think he is so good. Nice,
1: nice. I'll have to check out. I did not see them. So I'm kind of excited. Maybe we'll do something on those.
0: Oh, my God. Well, we'll definitely do Brick because, like I said, it is a great movie. It would be fun to do it with Chinatown or oh. Oh. something classic because what Brick is, it is a neo-noir thriller, but it is set in a California high school. and But they speak like they do in thrillers. Oh. So okay. it's very interesting. It's kind of like in Romeo and Juliet, the basler one, when it's Leonardo DiCaprio and they have guns, but they're speaking in the old Shakespeare dialect. Yes.
1: Yeah. I actually like that. I, a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was good. I thought it was good.
0: Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, I thought it was I right. love Romeo yeah, Okay. So story of Romeo and Juliet. This is a huge tangent, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> story of Romeo and Juliet, like timeless, I guess, because it's Shakespeare and it can be adapted so much. It's kind of silly though, like two 14 year olds like falling in love. You, could, you should age them up, I think, to make it make more sense. Is it any sillier than a werewolf loving a baby? Oh, first of all, Twilight? <laughs> oh, my God. You guys want to hear me get on a rant. Okay, I will say, though, full transparency, full glass onion, if you want to say. Glass onion? I read all the Twilight books to the point where I had my dad take me to the midnight release of the final book because I was a big fan of the books. Movies are camp now. Movies are hilarious now, but the books... I read them too. I'm sorry. Okay. See, you can't even judge. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone
1: told me to read them, and I did. I, I did. I didn't even, I didn't read The Virgin because after, after I got sucked into Twilight, I was like, I can't do it. I can't That's do like, it. I just can't do it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so... I don't know how we got on this tangent, but I love it. (laughs) Just having fun. Just having fun. That's what we do here. I know this was a little bit of a longer episode for you guys, but we did cover two films. Two. I would watch both of them. Glass Onion is available through uh, subscription on On Netflix. Netflix, Knives Out, I had to rent. I had to rent it too. It's still rent.
1: I I was going to watch it again today and you still have to rent it.
0: Yeah, you have to rent it. So sorry. It used to be on Prime for free. Don't know what happened, but you got to rent it now. We have a lot of fun stuff in store. Next week, we're going to be doing a little bit of an introspective on Waz as an author and as a kind of just a person in general. We're going to be diving into his book. So if you guys haven't checked it out, it's HodgePodge. It's on Amazon, Kindle. Yep. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah, you can find out the darker side of Woz. The darker side because this is just the fun, silly side. Yes. But the book is fun and silly too in some parts. Yes. So I'm getting good feedback for it.
1: I I appreciate you mentioning it. I wasn't going to. Thank you very much. So yeah, it's on Amazon. And if you get a chance, get it. And I'm probably going to do some promotions for it. And there might be signings and all kinds of fun stuff coming up.
0: Yeah. If you live in that area, always reach out to us. We may be doing some local things to promote the book. Um, And again, we'd love to hear from you. Talk to us. Tell us what movies you want to do. We have a lot of ideas on the roster. We might get weird with it, or we might stay uh, pretty traditional. We'll see, but here's to next time. All right. I have nothing else to give, so close it up. All right. Well, (laughs) we'll catch you next time on What's Happening? (laughs)